Hello, good evening, Church at Five. Um, I'm Fabi, part of the team here, and have the privilege today to read to you today's scripture. Um, yeah. But before that, I just wanted to say it's really yeah, amazing to see so many people um, coming here on such a lovely summer afternoon. <laughs> and it's really, I think, a great, um, a great choice <laughs> that you came today. As yeah, it's kind of a special service as we're celebrating our sixtieth anniversary of Church at Five. So I'm super excited. I hope you are as well. Um, I also think Brandon has something special for us today. <laughs> um, yeah. So today's scripture is from First Corinthians chapter twelve. Um, and if you have your Bibles with you, this is the time to open them up. Um, yeah, I'm going to read from the ESV, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Spiritual gifts. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between Spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is the word of the Lord. All right. Hello. So, yeah, something special. I hope so. I hope that you feel that every week that it's something special. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm really excited that we're able to be here, gathered together in the name of God. And uh, it's certainly a time of reflection for me when we're coming up on, our, on six years since we started Church at Five. And um, yeah, just incredible. I feel really incredibly blessed uh, as I've, we had a team meeting yesterday and I'm just always uh, encouraged to see that the faces out here change so much. And I can think about just how many hundreds of people have come through this service in the last six, in the last six years and all that God has done. And so, uh, yeah, we can be hopeful for what he has for us today and moving into the future. Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you. Uh, now, if you have been here for the last few weeks um, and you heard that text, you might be a little uh, thrown off about uh, what's going on there. Uh, let me explain. So we've been in a, a series right now that uh, started off as a mini-series that's slowly growing into a regular series and might end up just being a long series, uh, Back to the Roots. And uh, it came out of a reading of, of John 15 uh, where Jesus uses this analogy of a vine and branches. And he says, I am the true vine and that we are the branches of that vine. 
And over the past few weeks, we've really been kind of looking at aspects of what it means to be rooted in a firm and a strong foundation of our faith. We need that in a world that's constantly changing around us. We need to have that firm foundation moving forward in our walk with the Lord. And this begins with our connection to Jesus Christ. That's where we started. That's definitely where we always have to come back to. And I want to remind you of that as often as I can, that just as a branch is incapable of life, It's incapable of life or producing any fruit if it no longer is connected to the vine. We also can produce nothing. We can do nothing. We can do nothing truly good of ourselves if we're not connected to the true vine, the one and only true vine of Jesus Christ. That's where we kind of began this series. And from there, we've just kind of recapped a little bit of where we've gone through. We've uh, talked about uh, abiding in Jesus, and he gives us... Uh, a few kind of examples of what that looks like, that we need to abide in his love, that we need to abide in his word, and we need to familiarize ourselves and saturate ourselves in the word of God, and that we need to love him, and if we do love him, we will obey his commands just as he obeyed the Father, and if we love him, we should love one another, and not just love one another, but love one another as he has loved us, which is a big challenge, as we talked about. And a few weeks ago, we looked at how when we follow him, when we do say, okay, I want to be rooted, I want to be connected to the true vine, the world may hate us for it. The world may turn against us because it doesn't like the truth that Jesus represents. And when we're saturated in it, when we're living it, and we're producing it in our lives, sometimes it's going to make people uncomfortable. And in an ever-changing world, we talked about how we can see that here even, and I think we're going to see it more uh, sooner rather than later. And last week was supposed to be the conclusion to our mini-series that's now being expanded on, uh, where Sam gave us what amounts to basically a solid overview of the Holy Spirit. And it was a good overview, specifically looking at the ministry of the, of, and work of the Holy Spirit which is to continue the work and ministry of Jesus. As Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit came, and that work continued, which is, of course, at its root, at its core, to convict the hearts of sinners that they need Jesus. This is what the work of Jesus was. This is what the work of the Holy Spirit is. And that's done primarily, although sometimes supernaturally in special ways, but primarily through us, primarily through us and how we live our lives as Christians how we conduct ourselves as Christians because we are being transformed into the image of Christ by the work and power of the Holy Spirit within us. We then take on the very character and nature of Jesus in this world and we become the light of the world. That's how it works. That's how we are to be the light of the world because we're being made into the image of Christ. We're not light in ourselves. He's light. And as we become more like him, we shine all the brighter. So that brings us to today. Everyone caught up so far? Yes, all right, good, good. Getting some sass over here, that's all right, forgive you. Uh, So today, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Some of you might be like, wait a minute, we just talked about the Holy Spirit last week, and I I found this interesting, a few people that I told that we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, they're like, we just did that last week. And I thought this was interesting, because first of all, I think it might be true that we maybe neglect talking about the Holy Spirit enough. I think we neglect talking about the Holy Spirit enough, and we wouldn't say that about any other uh, uh, persons of the Trinity. If I I was like, hey, I'm going to talk about Jesus, and you were like, hey, we talked about Jesus last week, I'd be like, whoa, uh, I think you're in the wrong church. 
Uh, we talk about Jesus a lot. We talk about God a lot. But uh, maybe we sometimes neglect to talk enough about the Holy Spirit. Maybe we don't need to go into deep, like we're about to dive into in the next couple weeks, uh, every week. But I think it's good to make sure we know a few things about the Holy Spirit, which is actually where the idea to continue this came from. And I'll just be honest with you, as I was praying about it on Tuesday, praying and praying, and didn't really know what to do, what we should do, if we should continue the series or not. And in my daily reading, just with my daily app, 1 Corinthians 12 came in, and this really hit me, this first verse of that, where it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And I think a lot of us are. A lot of people are really uninformed about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of confusion out there, and I thought, man, that's a good place to start, especially if we want to continue to be getting back to the roots. We need to understand some basic principles about what that means. So we're not in John anymore, but we're still continuing in this series, Back to the Roots, building up our roots, as it were, to build a firm foundation in our faith, now talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I think in our everyday life and often within church communities, uh, the Holy Spirit can be, in general, misunderstood and even put sometimes to the side as just a part of our belief, but not as central as it really is, and not as essential to our walk with the Lord as, it, as He really is. This is especially true, I think, of the spiritual gifts. And so over the next three weeks, uh, I hope to change that in this community. I hope to change that, that we wouldn't be uninformed. And so we're going to take some time. We're going we're to be stepping into it a little bit today. Uh, and I know as we do, maybe you have already have questions in your mind, and some of you maybe not. Maybe you're like, this is going to be boring. I know everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. But uh, bear with me, because I think that it's good to just kind of bring us all onto one page. So we're going to be kind of stepping into it today. We'll dive in a little bit more uh, in depth in the next couple weeks, uh, looking at uh, this more supernatural gifts and their, do they function today? What is their function today? How can we identify them? How can we grow in them? We'll be getting into some of this over the next few weeks. Now to begin, let me say that I understand that there's going to be a lot of different understandings and backgrounds when it comes to this topic just here within this room probably with any two of you. There's going to be some different understandings about the gifts of the Spirit. And I know that for some of you, you're like going to be really excited. Anybody excited? A couple of you? Yeah. <laughs> that hand went way fast. I like that. And I think it's good. And I think some of you are going to be really excited. You're going to be like, all right, finally, gifts of the Spirit. Getting into the real stuff. I like it. Maybe too excited. It's all right. We don't want to, it's important. Because I think on the other side, there's going to be some of you that are going to be really nervous. You're going to be like, whoa, what <laughs> I hope this doesn't get weird. I kind of like this church. I'm not sure if I can stay here if they start doing anything weird. Some of you maybe just never really thought about it one way or the other. It's like, I don't even know what you're talking about, gifts of the Spirit. What does that mean? And I know that when it comes to gifts of the Spirit, some of you might have dark pasts, maybe some bad experiences, where you've seen this really misused or, or kind of misunderstood or even abused within church communities. I can tell you, I come from a charismatic background. That might surprise some of you. Uh, that's where I grew up. God rescued me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. But we've got to keep it light here, right? Because uh, this is a big issue. But honestly, I've seen it misused. I've seen it misunderstood. I've seen it even really 
really abused in horrific ways, where it definitely had nothing to do with the actual gifts of the Holy Spirit, but people's misunderstandings, they used it to manipulate other people, especially when you hear people say things like, God told me to say, God wants you to do this, as if they can speak for God himself and using that in really horrific ways. So I know that we need to be careful, and I wanna take this serious, and this is why we're taking time to unpack this, that we would not be uninformed about the gifts of the Spirit. Because although the gifts of the Spirit and understandings of these can and have been definitely throughout history, especially in the last 100 years or so, horrifically misunderstood and abused, and we can even go all the way back to Corinth. If you are paying attention, you have read through Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, basically chapter 12 through 14, Paul is actually addressing misunderstandings. And actually chapter 14 is just all of like how they were misunderstanding and misusing the gift of speaking in tongues. And he was like, you're not really getting what it's about. You're not getting what the gifts are really about. And so it's, he's kind of rebuking them. He's still saying it's a good thing to have them, but they, they were even misusing it all the way back there. And that certainly has continued uh, throughout the church history. It has been misused many times. But we don't want to, at the same time, throw the baby out with the bathwater. As they say, the gifts of the Spirit, now hear me here, the gifts of the Spirit are always going to be good gifts. The gifts of the Spirit are always going to be good gifts. They might be used badly, they might be misused, misunderstood, but they're always going to be good gifts. The Holy Spirit doesn't give bad gifts. He gives good gifts. And that's what we're going to talk about. And I want to see the gifts of the Spirit in this community. I want to see us living in the fullness that God has for us as a church. I want to live in the fullness. I want to have everything that God wants to do for us. Everything that all the gifts he wants to give us. Everything he wants to empower us in to be able to do the ministry he's called us to do. Using every gift given to each and every one of us. I want to see that, that God would be glorified greatly here in this church and in this community, and that we would be encouraged and edified and powerfully equipped for ministry. We don't want to push that aside. We want to embrace that. We want to do it with wisdom. The primary purpose of the gifts of the Spirit, the primary purpose is to equip the church to carry out the ministry of Jesus Christ until he returns. That's the purpose of the gifts. And it's true, some aspects of the gifts of the Spirit are a little weird. Let's be honest. Can we be honest? Is that okay? Some of them are a little weird. I grew up in a charismatic church. I've seen some weird things. I'm not going to lie. Some of them, I'm not sure if it was a really work of the Holy Spirit or just someone being weird, and we're going to talk about that in the next couple weeks. But some of it can be a little bit weird, and if you're not familiar with it or you're not have any experience with it, it can be like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But I want to be honest here. Like We're not dealing with the natural. We're dealing with the supernatural. The Holy Spirit is supernatural. And it's going to feel a little unfamiliar. It's going to feel maybe a little uncomfortable at times for some of you. But I hope that you can stick with me over the next couple of weeks so that we can deepen our understanding that we would not be uninformed Because let's remember, if you're a Christian here today, that we believe in some weird things. Amen? (laughs) 
I mean, the core, I'm not even talking about like on the, on the fringe things. I'm talking about core beliefs. We believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again. We believe that he was born of a virgin. And we believe that he's coming again in might to renew the heavens and the earth. We believe in the supernatural. We believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. So let's embrace and seek to understand the gifts of the Spirit as good gifts for a good purpose. So to best understand the gifts, I think it's good to single it out from another important work of the Spirit because there's a difference. And what I mean by that is the gifts of the Spirit are separate from the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts are separate from the fruit. All of the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit are for all believers. And just to kind of emphasize that, from our text that, uh, today, uh, he says no one can say, well, he says first, no one, no one can say that uh, Jesus is accursed if they have the Holy Spirit, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except in the work of the Spirit. That means if you're a believer, it is because the Holy Spirit is within you. If you can say, Jesus is my Lord, it is because you have the Holy Spirit. We're already in the supernatural. Buckle up. It's going to be a rough ride. No. We're already there. This is baseline, and this is for all believers. And I say that because I don't know what your background is. I know that I've grown up with this in some sense, and I feel like it's kind of diminished over the years, but there's no, there's no second baptism of the Holy Spirit as if you can, in the sense that you can be a Christian without the Holy Spirit, as if you can walk with the Lord without having the Spirit within you. You can't. You don't, you don't like accept Jesus and then the Holy Spirit comes later. The Holy Spirit comes first. He's what allows you and gives you the, the ability to say Jesus is Lord. So as we follow Christ, the Spirit lives within us. We are sanctified and the fruit of the Spirit is produced in our lives. This is so important to grasp. This is vital. You have to get this before we can even get to the gifts of the Spirit, because everything you do when you have the gifts should be also through the fruit that you've already received and see manifesting in your life. We are being made into the image of Christ. This is the fruit produced in all believers, and it's the evidence, it's the evidence that you in fact belong to him, that you are in fact connected to the true vine. We are known by our fruit. This is important, too, because when we start getting into gifts and we start getting into the maybe more weird stuff that maybe makes you feel a bit uncomfortable, we can say, hey, you know what? If they're not doing it in love, if they're not doing it with, with the fruit of the Spirit, I'm not going to touch that. I'm not, not going to get close to that. I'm not going to take what you say as, as having any authority because you don't have evidence of fruit in your life. So we need to have this in, in the back of our mind when we get into the gifts because it's this is the fruit. This is the evidence that we, in fact, belong to Christ. And so we have to kind of separate that from the gifts of the Spirit. Fruit is the character of Christ. And what best list is from Galatians, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things should be seen manifesting, growing in our lives and all Christians. So that brings us then to now the gifts, the gifts. Now, what are the gifts? What are the gifts? Anybody know? <laughs> Relax, I'll tell you. Now, I, this is another interesting one because when we talk about this, if you, a few of you I, I ran into throughout this week and as I'm really preparing for a, a new kind of big topic, you know I will talk to you a lot about the sermon. You kind of get a, 
a mini preview, so I apologize for that. Uh, but one of the questions that comes up a lot when I talk to people is, uh, well, you know, what, what does the Bible say? What is like the list? What's the list of the, of the gifts? I want to know, like, what's the list? And I can tell you there are a few lists, and I combine them all together for you. Uh, and it comes up to about 22 specific gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament. And there are several lists that we read through some of one uh, in 1 Corinthians 12. There's an, a second list at the end of that chapter. Uh, there's also a few mentioned in 1 Corinthians 7, Ephesians 4, Romans 12, and 1 Peter 4. These are where we see mentions of the gifts of the Spirit. You guys want me to read to you that list real quick? Is that, would that be helpful? You're not going to remember them, but I'll, I will. All right, so here's the list, the 22. Apostle, prophet, or prophecy. It's mentioned differently at different, in different lists. Teacher, teaching. Miracles, kinds of healing. Helps, administration. It's a surprising one. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Faith, discerning of spirits. Evangelist, pastor, teacher. Serving, encouraging, contributing, leadership, and mercy. And then there's two others to bring that to 22 uh, that are mentioned as gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that is in uh, 1 Corinthians 7, and that's marriage, the gift of marriage, and as Paul says, the better gift of not being married. So if you're single today, you already have one gift of the Holy Spirit, your singleness, as according to Paul. So take that with you, as you will. So... Some of those might have jumped out at you as like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, leadership, okay, mercy, all right, I can, encouragement, okay, I can be on that, but then others might be like, ooh, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, I'm not sure how I feel about those. We're going to talk about some of those uh, in the coming weeks, as I said. Today, I really want to just be focusing more on the aspect of the gifts itself, and an important thing to understand, and this is why I hesitate to read that list to you is that collectively, this list is not an exhaustive list. It's not an exhaustive list. You really could expand this list to 50, maybe even 100 if you wanted to, as you broke those into different ways that those will manifest. You know what I mean? Like encouragement or service, for instance, acts of service. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, I could give you legal advice because I have uh, knowledge about that, or I could bake a cake for you. I mean, you know, like serve it, or I could clean the church after, so, you know what I mean? These can, be, can look very different in different people, and we could even break those into other subcategories. Or we can do like Peter does when Peter gives his list. He takes all of these concepts, and he just says, whoever speaks and whoever serves. So there's everything, there's things that come out of your mouth, and there's things you do with your body. So I like, I like Peter. He brings it down to a level that I can take in all at once. It's whatever you speak and whatever you, or however you serve. Those are the two categories he brings for us. So let me then broaden up this up a little bit for you. This is a very broad definition of the gifts of the Spirit, but hopefully will help you to understand what I mean. So it's any ability, any ability that someone has that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. So it's any ability empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. So those are the three categories that we can say that help us to identify a gift of the Spirit. It's any ability that's empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in the ministry of the church. Those are the three things that are always going to be the case for all the gifts of the Spirit. 
which is why we can expand that list beyond just what we see in the texts. Now, from this, there are only two things I really want you to understand today. I really want you to get these two things. One, everyone who belongs to Christ has been given some gift or gifts of the Spirit. Everyone who belongs to Christ has been given some gift or gifts of the Spirit. And two, these gifts are always for the purpose of the edification, which is to say the building up of the church. Always. It's never for you. It's always for the church. It's always for the collective, for us as the body of Christ. So that's what we're going to talk about. Let's expand on that a little bit. So my first question would be, how many of you have really thought about this? How many of you have thought about your gifts? What gifts you have? What things, what abilities do you have that you see, hey, you know what? This is an ability I have that's certainly empowered by the Holy Spirit. Maybe a little, maybe a lot, but it's, there's something there. It's, there's a strength that I, I can sense comes from the Holy Spirit, and I can see how I can use that to serve the body of Christ, how I can use that to serve the church. Have you thought about it? Have you ever evaluated what spiritual gifts you may have been given and how you can use them, what you can do with them? What are you doing with them? Have you thought about this? I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to do that. Give it some thought this week if you haven't. And even if you have, maybe it's good to reevaluate. Think about it. Pray about it. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 from our text, it says, uh, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. So it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us. The common good. But each is given a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Our First Peter uh, 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, and this is where he's going to say, you know, the, whoever speaks or whoever serves, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Use it to serve one another. Each of us has received a gift. Each of us has received a gift, a manifestation of the Spirit that is a part of God's varied grace. And it's a tool given to us for ministry. But it's varied. It's varied. We're not robots. We're not going in an assembly line and all coming out the same. It looks different to each and every one of us. Now let me say a few things about that. Most gifts of the Spirit, I think we can look at them, if we want to just try to grasp this in a little bit simpler way, it's simply intensified or highly developed instances of what all Christians should experience at some level in their own lives, right? We all have the Holy Spirit within us, so there's some of these things, it's like, well, we should all have those, but when it's a gift, when it's a gift, a manifestation of the Spirit, it's going to be a little bit more intense, it's going to be intensified, it's going to be a little more highly developed and I think some of us, we have those, we're just not developing them, and so they're kind of sitting dormant, but some of us have kind of a little bit of a special gift. And what I mean by that is all of us at some level should have faith, and we should all be able to pray, we should all be able to serve, we should all have some sense of evangelism, a call to go out and, and be able to share the gospel with people that we meet. 
We should all have mercy and generosity and encouragement and wisdom. And some of these do overlap with what we, what we know to be the fruit of the Spirit. So we should be seeing all of these growing in our life, and certainly in, in some sense. But maybe, so maybe, for instance, if maybe you don't have a gift of healing, but you can pray for somebody if they're sick, right? So you understand, you guys with me? That it's sometimes, but so these gifts of the Holy Spirit will be often intensified, right? It is beyond simple natural ability or just that natural Christian walk where we have the indwelling and fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's more than that. It is empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is a manifestation of the Spirit within us through faith in Jesus Christ and expressed always, always to the glory of Jesus and the benefit of the church. So a gift of healing, right? All of us can pray for somebody. If you know, someone says, hey, you know, I'm not feeling well, we can, all of us can pray for them. But someone who has a gift of healing, they might, they might see that God answers their prayers almost every time and, and really quickly, and be like, hey, you know what? If, I feel like every time I pray for somebody who's sick, they're, they're like better immediately. Hey, you might have a gift of healing. You might have a gift of healing. Why? I don't know. The Holy Spirit sometimes chooses to just give these gifts. But it's always for a purpose. And it's always connected with the body. A gift of encouragement all of us, I hope, should be at some level able to encourage one another. But if you have a gift of encouragement, maybe you see almost supernaturally people who are in need. You know, they're, they walk in, they're smiling, and you're like, something's wrong. I, I, there's something wrong. I want to just give them a word of encouragement. And when you do, they're, man, they're like, oh, yeah, that, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Oh, you, just, you lifted up my spirit today. Some of you are going to have a gift for that. I know I can think of people in this room that have that gift. You just have a gift of encouraging. Maybe faith. Faith is one that I feel like, yeah, okay, we all should have faith. But man, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've known people in my life, and it's something that I, I certainly ask God for, and I've certainly seen it growing in my life, but I don't know if I would go as far as saying I have like a supernatural gift of faith, but there are just people, it's like you could not put doubt in their minds no matter how hard you try, no matter what you throw at them, their faith is not movable. They really have the faith to move mountains. If you know someone like that, man, keep them close in your life. Hopefully it's contagious. Some people have a gift. Some people have a special gift. So we should all see these things in our life. We want to continue to grow in them and ask for them in our life. But every now and then, and sometimes for a season, but every now and then God will sometimes just bless somebody with a supernatural gift of something that is general for all Christians, but they've just got a, it's an intensified version of it. Our gift often can be connected even with who we are, with our character. Not always, but sometimes it can be. There can be a connection between the divine empowerment of the Holy Spirit combined with our own experiences, our trainings, our wisdom, our natural ability, our personality, our demeanor, how we present ourselves, even our godly desires. All of these can be connected with our giftings, somebody who just has a heart to serve, somebody who has a heart to, to share the truth, has a heart to, to preach the gospel, and just has this evangelistic nature about themselves. It's usually going to be somebody who's just generally outgoing, has, is able to connect with people really easily. A lot of times that's going to be the person who has more of a stronger gift of evangelism. 
for example. And all of these can just contribute, all of these kind of factors of who we are can contribute to the gifts the Spirit gives us, gives us specifically. Now, but how can we then distinguish, you might ask, between natural abilities and the gifts of the Spirit? Well, I would say, when I think about this, it's not really necessary to try and find that line between where my abilities end and where the Holy Spirit begins. Why do we need to find that line? Because all of our abilities, both natural and supernatural, are all gifts of God, either through grace, a special grace, an empowerment of the Holy Spirit, or common grace given to us in just that, you know, which could be our health or our, our abilities or just how we think. He gives us what suits us according to our natural abilities, our potential, and even our position. And I want you to get this as well. See, the types of gifts that we receive are always going to be connected to their purpose, right? They're always going to be connected to their purpose, which just goes back to what? Building up the body of believers. So what church you're in, what church you're connected to, and the needs of that church in that place you are at can determine what gifts the Holy Spirit gives you. And sometimes that will be a special gift that God has just given you, or it might just be a particular gift in a season so that you can greatly be used for ministry. Spiritual gifts are a tool of ministry, and it should never be a source of, of pride or even identity. We are all part of the body of Christ. That's our identity. None is greater or lesser than the other, and the tools that we receive are to help us to function in the position God has placed us in within the body of Christ. Romans 12, 4 through 8 says it this way, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. That would be weird. He also says this in Corinthians, you know, you don't, you don't want a body that's just an, a big eye. You'll see really well, but you won't hear what's going on, and you won't be able to say anything. It's useless. We have not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving to the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So we are one body with many parts. And you, the thing is this, no one is going to have all the gifts. No one will have all of the gifts. Some people might think they do, they don't. No one will have all the gifts. We are meant to fit together. We're meant to fit together each one given various gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. I think of the parable of the three servants. The one is given five, the one two, and the last only one. And our gifts are going to vary according to our faith and the grace given to us. We all have different levels of our faith, meaning our confidence in the work and power and authority of the Holy Spirit and so we're going to be given different gifts and also at varying degrees. And I think it's also important maybe to note here out of my notes that not only will we be given gifts at varying degrees, but how we work with them will then change how that looks. 
We can grow in our gifts, but if we push them to the side, we, they may diminish. What Paul is saying here in Romans is that whatever gift you do have and at whatever degree you have been given that gift, use it. Use it to the best of your ability. And you know, I like this, this, this one uh, that's only here in this list of, um, um, how does he word it, uh, contributing. So if you've been blessed financially, that could be a gift of the Spirit so that you can then contribute to the, the building up of God's kingdom here on the earth. That's a simple thing to think about. And he says, if you're going to do it, do it generously. If you're gifted to lead, do it with zeal. If you have a gift of mercy, do it with a cheerful heart. Take what you have. Don't be like the one-talent servant. If you're not familiar, the one-talent servant, not a great guy. He just dug a hole and buried it. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 14, Paul encourages Timothy. He says, do not neglect the gift you have. Do not neglect the gift you have, which has been given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. So each of us are going to have varying degrees of gifts of the Spirit. But don't bury yours in the sand. Don't neglect it. There are practical ways that you can be working to discover your gifts, to try to build them up, to find out what they are. Find ways to actively serve in ministry connected with gifts you think you might have, things you, passions that you have, things that you feel drawn to, but also needs that you see. Serve. If you feel like, hey, you know what, I, I like serving, I like to serve, I then find ways to serve. Serve in your community, serve in your church, serve your neighbors, serve. And don't just serve as like this task to be done, serve as one who is serving, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and it will be different. And some of you are going to have a special gift of that, and you're going to see it blessed tremendously when you, di- when you step into that. Maybe you think, maybe I do have a gift of healing. Well, then start praying for people who are sick. Start praying for people that need healing. Maybe intercessory prayer. I think this is another one that we can really add to the list of the gifts of the Spirit. Some people will just have a gift for it, a gift of the Holy Spirit when it comes to intercessory prayer. So then start taking notes of the needs of the people around you so that you can be praying for them because God's using you. He wants to use you to touch and reach other people's lives. Don't neglect it. Don't bury it in the sand. Use it. Join the prayer team. <laughs> that was Elo, the leader of the prayer team, so you can talk to her after the service. Maybe evangelism. Maybe you, have, you think you might have a gift of evangelism. We've got a few ministries right here in the church that are going out. We've got Jesus Burgers. We've got people who give out Bibles. We've got people who give out tea and, and just talk with people. We've got things that are going on, but if, you, if you're like, you know what, I, maybe time-wise it doesn't work, then just go start something else. Start investing in your gift, using it. Work it like a muscle so that it can grow. Another thing I would encourage you to do is to pray. As I've already said, I'll say it again, ask God to reveal the gifts that he's given you. And to give you the strength and the courage to step out in faith and to use that gift. Because some of you are going to be like, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I could do, I encourage you to 
be praying for God to give you courage and strength and wisdom in how to use it wisely. And another thing I would maybe encourage you, maybe you haven't thought about this, is like, for instance, if you're in a small group or you've got a group of people around you that you trust, with grace, I would emphasize this, with grace, maybe present to them if they could maybe help you and evaluate you a little bit in what gifts they might see in you. Sometimes it's hard for us to see our own gifts but other people might see them a little bit more clearly, especially people who are close to you. You can ask what things maybe do they see in you that, that could be more than just your own ability, but something empowered by the Holy Spirit. Is it the way that you serve, maybe? The way that you are able to connect with people's needs in a very powerful way, or maybe it's the way that you speak and how you're in, able to encourage and strengthen your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Maybe you have a gift, so ask others to also help you so you can understand your gifts better and live in them and use them as God has called us to do. So let's all seek to find opportunities to use the gifts and to discover new ones. But at the same time, I also want to warn you that we must learn to be content with whatever God has given us. Sometimes some of you might be like, I don't, I don't think I have any gifts. You, got, you have gifts. You have gifts. And this was a problem in, in Corinth that they were like, you know, it was, they basically were breaking into factions. It was like, we have the cool gifts. You guys have the not-so-cool gifts. No. Be content because it's not about you. And if you think it's about you, and if you start struggling with pride or insecurity about what gifts God has given you compared to someone else, man, you're, you shouldn't, you're in a bad place, man. You need to go back to the fruit. You need to start working on the fruit of the Spirit in your life first because you shouldn't have that. That shouldn't be something that we lean into. We want to see God's work done in His community in his body, the edification of the church, no matter what. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the one Spirit, the one God. He has a purpose. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It's the last of our verse from what we read. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit. It's one Spirit. It's a good gift. He knows what he's doing, and he says who apportions, apportions. He gives them out. He kind of uh, rations them out, if you will, to each one individually as he wills, as he wills. He's the one in charge. He's the one that knows what's best. He knows what good gifts are good for you. It's not just about us. It's about bringing glory to the name of God and the edification of the church. It's not about what gifts you have, what gifts other people have. It's what you do with your gift and why you do what you do with your gift that really matters. And the greatest gifts, the greatest gifts are those that most edify the church. This was a problem in Corinth as well. They really were emphasizing tongues, and he was like, hey, yeah, tongues are great, sure, but if you're talking and no one understands you, you're not edifying the church. It's better to have things that are going to bring up the church. The greatest gifts are always going to be those that most edify the church. So we should not distinguish between the gifts but seek to edify the church. Let that be our goal. Let that be our motivation when it comes to seeking what gifts God might have given us. Not, all right, I hope I got some cool ones, you know, like we're like rolling the dice. All right, Holy Spirit, what are you going to give me this week? No, it's, hey, how can I edify the church? Those are the gifts that I want. And that means you should look around at the church you're in. What giftings of the Holy Spirit should be should you be asking for? Should you be seeking in order to best edify the church? And that's going to differ from church to church, depending on what's needed there. 
I can tell you here, we need administration. We need service. We need leadership. We need mercy, evangelism, encouragement, etc. You could go through most of the list, to be perfectly honest. We need intercessory prayer warriors. This is a big one. Man, I want to see... <laughs> Getting some mm-hmms over here. We need more people who have a gift and a heart to pray fervently. So ask God to give you the gifts or to reveal the gifts within you that you maybe already have that best suit the church that you're in. We are one body. We're many parts. And here's a, here's a thought. A healthy church, a truly healthy church, will always be one of great diversity of the gifts of the Spirit. We don't want to be all have one thing. We need diversity. We need many different gifts of the Spirit. And that's my hope for us. That's my hope for us here. I look around this room and I know some of you and I can see clearly gifts that God has put on you. Intensified faith, prayer, service, helps, encouragement, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Some of you haven't really thought about it. I encourage you to do so this week, to think about what gifts God has given you, that you can step into them and step into all that God has for you. Don't neglect the gifts that God has given you. Know what they are and ask for wisdom in how to use them. You have gifts and they're for a purpose, so find ways to utilize them. Because when the church, when we as a church are really doing this, and the church is, and our goal is, to, is for the edification of the church, and the church is truly being edified, built up, we are then best suited to be the light that we're called to be in a dark world. We're then best suited to share the truth of the gospel of Christ. We are then best suited to continue the ministry of Jesus until he returns. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are an amazing act of grace and an expression of the love of God for his people. And they're also a foretaste of what's to come. So let's embrace them. Let's seek them and seek to understand these gifts that we would not be uninformed but to know and to live in the truth about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, let me pray and uh, I'll invite the band to kind of slowly make their way back up as I do. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit, for the helper, for the fruit of the Spirit and for the gifts of the Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for your church, the plan of your church to be one body, to be built up, to be edified, and to continue your ministry here on the earth. I pray that you would reveal to some here today who have gifts that they haven't thought about or really pursued, and some who've never thought about this at all, that they would begin to ask questions. Lord, that we would be able to step into the fullness of your grace, the fullness of your love, of your power that you have for us here in this church, in this community today. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me say goodbye to those watching online. I hope that you were blessed from this message and that you have a good week and hope to, in the future, see you here in person.